Welcome to episode four of a special five-part mini-series, 50 Years of Reflection, Insights from Past Annual Meeting Chairs, celebrating the 50th Annual Meeting and Scientific Symposium of the American Academy of Orthotists and Prosthetists. In each episode, we will spend time with past clinical content committee chairs to learn how the Academy's Annual Meeting and Scientific Symposium have evolved over the last half century. I'm Tyler Cagle, a soon-to-be MPO graduate from UT Southwestern in Dallas, Texas. And today, I'm excited to welcome Mark Faloka, MSCPO Fellow with Distinction. Mark is an orthotist prosthetist at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta and president of the American Academy of Orthotists and Prosthetists. Mark, it's great to see you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Tyler. So it is truly an honor, Mark, that for the upcoming 50th anniversary of the Academy's annual meeting and symposium, I wanted to talk to you about your perspective on this flagship event over the years. You served as the Clinical Content Committee Chair from 2014 to 2019 and co-chair of the 2020 Academy Annual Meeting, a total of six annual meetings. That's quite a lot of meetings. <laughs> I just wanted you to go into how you recall your first Academy experience when you attended, where was it held, and where were you at your career at that point? Yeah, thanks, Tyler. Boy, looking back, and I never would have dreamed that I would be so involved with the Academy's annual meeting for so many years. It really is. The Clinical Content Committee does a fantastic job. It's a massive lift each year. There's a ton of behind-the-scenes work that happens. And so well, when I first had the opportunity to be invited as part of the Clinical Content Committee, I certainly jumped at the chance. I don't think I appreciated at the time what I was getting myself into. For sure. But getting back to your question, so my first annual meeting was in New Orleans in 2003. I was a student in the master's class at Georgia Tech. And it was the, at the time, it was the, the first class that Georgia Tech had enrolled. And at the, in our profession, they were really seen as a pioneer as we moved from the certificate and undergraduate level to the graduate level. So there were a lot of eyes certainly on our program to see would it succeed and what would be the output, the result of that program. So it was really exciting to be a student at the time. And one of the things now looking back, I give a lot of credit to the faculty at Georgia Tech because as students, it was expected that we would attend the Academy's annual meeting. At the time, we, we didn't really understand why we didn't know what this annual meeting was all about. They really brought home the message to us that the Academy's annual meeting is all about science. It's, it's all about connecting. It's all about networking. It's all about sharing of ideas. And that was certainly what they were preaching as part of the curriculum, certainly at the master's level. So we went into the meeting as a, an unknown, so to speak, not really knowing what to expect, but now there's one thing I've appreciated over the years is that our, our host cities are really important for the success of annual meeting. And I think thinking about the New Orleans meeting in 2003, that was pre-Katrina. Even our host cities, not just our annual meeting has changed over time, but some of our host cities, and it, it really is amazing to return to these places where you've built relationships and you've talked to colleagues and shared all this information and had wonderful experiences. But it, it's fantastic to over how these places change because certainly no one could have imagined we would be looking up in 2005 and see that same Hyatt hotel that we stay at 
was on the news and was missing all of its windows. It really was a, a crazy experience. I'm sure a lot of folks can relate to. But I remember at that point of just that excitement coming into the annual meeting. Yeah, I was going to say that you brought up a great point with these host cities and having these histories with them. And I know I was excited the annual meeting that I went to last year in Nashville. I'd never been to Nashville, and I think it was an absolutely amazing city, especially for the hosts uh, at the Gaylord. It was great, and now we're doing it in Chicago. And I've personally never been to Chicago, but I can't tell you how excited I am to show up for this year's meeting. Keeping on the topic of the event, when you were going to this event for the first time, do you remember what you thought of the Academy in terms of the quality of the sessions while you were there, the networking opportunities? I know you mentioned earlier uh, about the networking, and so I just wanted to get your thoughts on the matter. Yeah, as a student, I entered into these meetings with your eyes wide open. And I think prior to that point, I had always heard from folks in the field about how small our field was. Everybody knows everybody. And, and just in terms of the numbers within the healthcare team, we are a really small field. And then you come in to something like the annual meeting and in particular the exhibit hall and your eyes just get as big as possible. Right. And you're, you, I remember being blown away by just the sheer size and the excitement level within the exhibit hall. I think that I also remember as a student, there were so many different opportunities for our faculty to say, wait till you get the, to the Academy's annual meeting. I'm sure there'll be more information about this topic or that topic. So I remember coming to the meeting, being you know ready for all that data. Where are these outcomes? Where is this data? And as a field, I don't quite think we were there at that level yet. Yes, we had this first master's program starting, but it was going to definitely take some time for master's level research and even PhD level research to be widely disseminated within the field. So I remember coming into the annual meeting going, where's all this data? Where's all this information? I came away with a ton of amazing clinical relevant information. And I think I left the annual meeting hungry, wanting more and, and maybe even if I didn't realize it at the time, but now looking back, I, I think I saw the potential for the annual meeting that, boy, this is going to be a place where all these outcomes, all this research can really be shared going forward. I remember one of the experiences I had, and I still look back on this with just smiling ear to ear, is in that first meeting in New Orleans, Keith Smith was the train heart lecture presenter an award winner. And after he presented something on scoliosis and the center sacral line, and scoliosis was something I was very interested in as a student. So after he spoke, I went up to him and he really blew me away at how open he was to receiving feedback from me about his presentation. And I even challenged him a little bit on what his thoughts were around that topic. And he challenged me right back as a student and made me think in a totally different way. And I remember, I don't know that I've ever been so excited for someone to make me step back and switch gears about what I had perceived about something just because I had read it in a textbook. And Keith was fantastic, the utmost professional, and ended up going on to become the Academy's president a few years later. That was one of the, the best experiences I could ever have as a student. And if you think back to when you're a student, 
you just wouldn't get that opportunity to to meet a leader in our field and and ask them questions and and allow them to force you to think a little bit differently or question things a little bit differently if it wasn't for the annual meeting. And I don't think it's any coincidence, Mark, that you and I had very similar reactions on our first times going into that exhibit hall or going into your first lecture that there's just a certain aura about it, especially as a new student coming in who like a little fish in a big pond, even though it's the exact opposite in our field where we are a smaller pond, but still being able to meet up with these pioneers and all these people of interest within the O&P community. It's something that's invaluable, especially for rising professionals, as well as for the people who are currently the professionals of our field. And I want to go back to 2014 when you first served as the Academy Annual Meeting Chair. What was the Academy Annual Meeting structure like back then? Not that it was that long ago. <laughs> it seems like it was though, sometimes. I think, I mean, I think 2014, that was a full 10 years of our field graduating masters and graduate level students. So we had also seen where a, a number of folks have gone on to get their PhD and had pursued additional funding. So I think at that point in 2014, I felt like we had really matured in terms of outcomes and quality, certainly in quantity. There were years where we had over a hundred abstracts to review. So our presentations at the annual meeting were full of that information. They were full of that quality, but there was still something missing. I felt like we really needed to get the students more involved. We really needed to give them a platform. It's not that the students weren't in attendance, but I, I really felt like it was important to give them a platform to make them feel like they were involved. And so I think in 2014, that was one of the shifts we made. And speaking on these shifts, how have you seen the content evolve over the years? In my mind, I think there's two very distinct periods. We saw that that growth in quality and where we saw this, the master's student and as I mentioned, the PhD student start to produce at the graduate level and share their research. But then that, that second time period is really after 2014, after 2015, we started to focus on the format and we started to focus on how is the content delivered and how is it consumed? I mentioned getting the students more involved and giving them a platform. And so our session started to look at less about that traditional podium presentation and more about engagement. So not just looking at the individual attendees and audience members, but we wanted to make sure we were addressing all the different groups of people, folks with five years of experience, folks with 20 years of experience, students, residents, and we started to work on how can we make them part of the meeting, not just learners, but how can we get them to participate and engage? We started to look at different formats and throughout the years, we tried all different kinds of, I would call them less traditional formats and sessions. So we had sessions like Oxford style debates. We had some networking sessions where attendees might move around from table to table and talk about topics in small groups. Hands-on sessions are another great development that I think have been really well received over the years where 
clinical techniques can be practiced. And so folks, uh, as an audience member, you're, you're not just listening to someone, you're actually working right alongside them and you're learning by doing. I think that's been really well received over the years. Town hall sessions are another format that I really love. And in a town hall session, the presenters are actually the ones who introduce the questions and the audience members drive the content, which I think is really cool to have the audience members. It's almost like a 180 rather than information going from the front to the back. The information starts in the front, but the sausage is made really in the audience. And you never really know what direction a session like that is going to move in, but it's always really rewarding, I think, for audience members. And then I'd say that another interesting development over the years has been technology and how technology has really improved the member and the audience experience. And that includes everything from using the app to navigate your way around to even how they provide feedback on specific sessions or how they like the meeting because it's really important that we get that feedback year over year and and it's important we get that in an efficient manner because we're already working on the next year's meeting before the current meeting finishes up so we we really relish that feedback it's really important for what we do for the following year and we've really been able from a technology perspective to really discern that and increase the amount of feedback we're getting We've also, partly due to the pandemic, we've really been able to embrace technology, everything from in years where we had a hybrid meeting to providing remote access for speakers who might be from a different part of the world. Maybe they're unable to attend in person, but they can still have remote access and share their information and present virtually. I think technology has been a fantastic tool that we've been able to utilize fairly effectively. Mark, you brought up so many amazing points. I know from a student perspective, you'll be happy to know that, yes, I really do think that it shows all of the advancements that the Academy has had, because I don't think there was a single point where I felt as though I wasn't, or I didn't have an opportunity to engage. I know with the other students and my fellow classmates, whenever we were there, we truly felt as though, yes, we are the new shining faces coming into this field, but I always got the sense that there were those at the meeting who would want to be mentors, who just want to be able to share with you, converse with you, all the networking that's there. The Academy felt mostly like a arms wide open event. We're new to this, but getting to it, I think we're in good hands. <laughs> yes, I agree. In fact, one of the more prouder aspects of how the meeting has developed for me is looking at the, the poster session because that's primarily driven by the volunteerism of our students and our residents. And it really does provide an opportunity for our students to become part of the meeting and share the work that, that many of them have been working on for the better part of two, three years in some cases. That poster session has grown from 10 to 15 posters to in some cases more than 60, 70 posters now. So it's fantastic to see the student involvement and the fact that they look forward to it year over year. Like the students are really excited at the end of it to say, hey, we're coming back next year and we can't wait. Yeah, I know for myself in particular, coming from a research background, the poster presentations 
there's something that I definitely look forward to also because we as students also had to make some that we were submitting to this year. So I'm going to be even extra excited for going to visit those. And speaking on the progression of everything that the Academy has gone through and everything it hopes to accomplish in the future, what do you envision for the Academy meetings and the organization as a whole over the next 50 years to come? For me, the Academy as an organization, it really is all about community. We talk about how the Academy is your professional home. And I feel like the annual meeting is the pinnacle and embodies that message of being your professional home more than any other membership benefit that the Academy offers. Because at the annual meeting, we see our members come together in what I would call these small focus groups that 20 years ago, a lot of them didn't exist. And we have groups like the collaborative working on diversity and equity. We've got the journal club. We've got the hospital-based practice group. Certainly we've got the societies looking at the science of all these different topics. And that's where our members can feel part of something. They can come together and they can push that envelope. They can continue to improve the science. They can network and they can engage their colleagues. And that's what the academy is all about and how the academy stays true to its mission that's really where our members shine and if you asked me that that question a few years ago regarding where do we see the academy going i might have answered it differently a few years ago but i think the pandemic has really forced us to pivot and question and challenge us in terms of well how do we educate people and how do they learn and what do our members want and so moving forward i envision more of the same when it comes to those small focus groups so I imagine an academy that's more diverse and has more groups and continues to challenge and improve the science. And I also think as a result of the pandemic, the academy is going to be much more equipped to utilize new technologies to continue to look at how do we educate people and what's the best way for our members to continue to succeed going forward and support the profession. Because ultimately, the academy is part of a much bigger picture and that's the OMP profession as a whole. And I think honestly with your expertise with the leaders that we have in this program, I think it's going to be another spectacular 50 years and I look forward to it. Thanks so much Tyler. I appreciate it. And good luck to you in your education and building your career. Thank you. Yeah, I really look forward to it. I really do. And I want to thank you again for joining us, Mark. And thanks to all of you for listening to episode four of 50 Years of Reflection, Insights from Past Annual Meeting Chairs, a special five-part mini-series celebrating the evolution of the Academy's annual meeting and scientific symposium over the last half century. I encourage you to listen to episodes one through three if you have not already, and to join us for episode five next week. We will meet with Brian Caleb, current chair of the Academy's Clinical Content Committee. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to check out the Academy's other podcasts for OMP professionals. The award-winning OMP Research Insights with Dr. Steve Gard, the award-winning OMP Rising podcast created for emerging professionals in our field, and OMP Clinical Care Insiders featuring key voices in the OMP community discussing their areas of clinical care and sharing personal experiences as professionals in that specialty. For more information on the American Academy of Orthotists and Prosthetists, visit us online at onp.org. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time.